Uh, good morning, Athens. It's 9.08 and a half, and it's uh, the 10th day of the 10th month, a Tuesday. How about that? October 10th. Hey, we got a special edition today. The Athens City School District is our topic, and joining us, we have someone that knows a little bit about it. That would be our superintendent, Tom Kitts. He spoke at Rotary yesterday, so this may be a double dip for a few of you. Tom Gibbs, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. And uh, golly, you know, I've um, my kids, um, my two kids, and my stepson all graduated from Athens. Um, they're all grown with families and went to um, oh, various different colleges and universities and so on and. Um, they remain proud of their time with Athens. And um, my daughter was involved with the arts, and my uh, two boys were involved with athletics. And, well, it's just cool. And I enjoyed my time at Athens. I was not a student. I helped coach. I helped with the track system also, the timing. And I worked with the senior class and... um, I just had a wonderful time there. Well, <clears throat> you know, most of that was Dave Liggett years. And he was the uh, superintendent, as I recall. And um, But you've been in this role for quite a while now. How many years? Yeah, about, uh, about eight and a half years. Yeah. And prior to that, what were your, what were some of your assignments? Yeah, so I, uh, I mean, started my career teaching in inner city Columbus for about uh, eight and a half years, and then I was... So uh, I'm from Worthington, so I want to know where in inner city. Oh, okay. So it uh, used to be Mohawk Middle School. Oh, it yes. no longer exists. It's right. now that's now part of the Children's Hospital campus. Yes. And then uh, Champion Middle School, which has uh, been rebuilt, but it's still there in the Near East Side neighborhood. And then uh, Avondale, which is in uh, Franklinton area, used to be called the Bottoms, uh, derogatorily, um, and uh, taught elementary <laughs> yeah. school there for several years. In, in the the um, elementary, did you say? Yeah. So my 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 degree is elementary ed. So I taught all uh, middle grades and middle school. And you know, I would think teaching elementary level would be more difficult for me to do than teaching an older group and and but am i nuts or crazy or what no, no i mean i i think uh i think if you talk to to teachers right now there's i think each have their challenges but um you know self-contained elementary classrooms in particular can be uh quite a bit of work i mean keep in mind you're teaching you have these kids in the class all day long yes. uh, they're not self-sufficient yet so you have to be on supervisory kind of alert all the time mm-hmm. and you're teaching every subject area and you're expected to be an, a, an expert to some degree in every subject area so it's a those are challenging jobs i have uh, four four grandchildren over in chesapeake virginia 
Um, one is now um, almost high school age, but the others are all youngsters. And um, I speak to them uh, at least once a week on the phone. And, uh, you know, I say, well, now how's this going? And how's that going? And mm-hmm. it's interesting, you know. And they're learning, of course. That's the whole point of it. Well, but the more important topic is the Athens School District. You are the superintendent, eight years now. Um, now, you know, school districts, they get report cards too. And, um, you know, there's some statewide organization that, that looks at their accomplishments and for that matter, their failures, where they're strong, where they're weak, and the whole point is to improve areas in which they're weak and and um, and and maintain those areas where they're strong. So, how often is that done? Is it an annual thing? It is an annual thing, and that's done by the Ohio Department of Education, and they're using data from all of our uh, all of our state testing. And they've now added measures that include your ACT testing, uh, number of students who take AP courses, things of that nature as well. AP being advanced placement? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did, uh, I'm proud to say, we had uh, one of our best local report cards ever this year. We were rated four and a half out of five stars. Um, Our uh, performance index score, which is this measure of how students perform on on each of the tests that they're given, um, we actually had a score that was nearly the same as in 2019, which to put that in context, everyone's talked a lot about learning loss with COVID. So pre-COVID, we had a performance index score of 87.2, and here we are just a couple of years out, and we're back up to an 86.6, which is a good indication that the overwhelming majority of our kids are kind of back up uh, to right. where they should be academically. Now, um, let's see here. I had a thought in there, but I just lost it. But, okay, four and a half stars out of five. Um, has, the, has the Athens District ever had a higher score? So this, they've changed the scale constantly. Okay. So it used okay. to be probably uh, you know, back in the 90s, well, two, early 2000s, they had ratings that were continuous improvement, uh, excellent. Uh, they had names to the ratings. Mm-hmm. And then uh, went through a period where they gave A through F grades. And this is the first year that they've gone with this full scale with this five-star system. So it's kind of hard to compare one one to the other. And they've also added additional measures in um, over time. Now, I don't want to get you in trouble or me or <laughs> anybody, but... Well, maybe I do. But uh, (laughs) when you look at uh, neighboring school districts, um, what kind of ratings, you know, this is public information. Uh, How did, did, um, let's say, Alexander score or how did Trimble score or you know what I mean? And I don't want you to take a poke at them and you wouldn't. Yeah, to, to be honest, I, what I, the ones I remember off the top of my head. Now, keep in mind, on five-star scale, three is, is that you're doing well, and mm-hmm. five is you're doing 
Great. Excellent, right? Yeah. So um, I, I believe Federal Hawking had three stars. Good. And I believe that Alexander also had four and a half stars. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'm just, I was just curious, and it's not a, it's kind of a lousy question, actually. No, I think our other, all of our local school districts, I think, really put in the work and try to do the best they can by our kids. Now, I had a number of years out at Athens High School as an adult working with soccer, track, and as I mentioned, senior class advisor and all that sort of thing. Loved it. And uh, many of the students who were then seniors, um, you know, I know yet today, and, and they, it's a certain personal connection that's neat. Um, but, um, you know, I, I like the building that's there. And uh, I, I know a lot of the hideaways in that building and things like that. And we would do a Senior Follies and uh, the, uh, the band room and everything like that. Now, I learned that uh, there is a proposal out there to redo the high school. And, um, and I'm thinking, well, okay, where are you going to put it? And it's basically on the same campus, but where all the parking is now would become the new buildings. And where the campus is, um, where the buildings are now will become parking areas. That's, that's the most basic switch. Yeah, that's accurate, yes. And um, somewhere I saw some, like, sort of architectural drawings of it and um what was your impression of the the plans is it going to be a why is this necessary first of all yeah so it, i mean going back years uh, athens high schools had um some significant issues with just the systems and the, the building itself. It was built in the late sixties. Uh, <laughs> at that time, the construction was you're building on a, uh, on a, a concrete slab and a lot of the plumbing and, and, uh, conduit things that were buried into the concrete. And, uh, what we've learned over time is that oftentimes there's a negative reaction that occurs. It causes some of that plumbing to go bad and mm. becomes difficult to replace and repair because you're having to 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 uh you know go down through the floor of the building essentially and so what the state does is they'll come they'll send a team of engineers and architects through and they'll do a review of the building and they look at your your heating your cooling your electrical system your um just the the general sure. uh, envelope of the building the windows the roof hvac system everything and they give it a, a rating and they calculate how much it would cost to completely renovate the building and do an estimate of how much it would cost to build a new building and if the cost to renovate is more than two-thirds of the cost to build new they would they recommend that you build new okay and that is definitely the case at athens athens high school well um <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a little cough here. Recently, I saw some, um, oh, I don't know as they were architectural renderings, but some uh, some drawings of the buildings that uh, would be built, their location, and um, 
even down to the point of this area is for this purpose and this area is for that purpose and so on and so forth. And, um, and is this building going to be the same size or larger or smaller than what you presently have? So the intention is to build a building that's similarly sized, but it would be in a much smaller footprint because it would be a, a multi-story building as opposed to a single-story building. So, uh, folks, if you don't know, Athens High School is basically a one-story building. Now, there's, you know, the gym, of course, is t- uh, has an extra height to it and a couple other areas, I guess the auditorium. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, it's a single-story building. So now the new proposal would be two-story everywhere. Yeah, and what that does is it allows you to have to make sure that all classrooms have natural light, that all classrooms have the ability to have windows that open that you can get natural air in and out of. It allows you to uh, have HVAC systems that allow for more outdoor air exchange, which we found you know, recently with recent health concerns is something that we need to be attentive to like covid stuff yeah yeah Yeah. and then and then lastly um multi-story buildings are more energy efficient than single-story buildings um and that uh and tend to have uh lower long-term maintenance costs uh because one of the biggest maintenance costs for a a building of that size is roofing Mm -hmm. and you're decreasing the amount of uh roof coverage for the facility well, yeah, I guess you would be. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you're increasing the square footage, but uh, the roofing is going to remain nearly the same. Actually, it would be a little, it would be a bit less than than the current building. Oh, yeah, even better. Now, um, you know, I'm really embarrassed to say I'm not sure about taxes. So. Do I pay each year something to support the schools? Yes. Today? Yes. Okay. And is do I pay the same whether I have a student in or not? Uh, you do with the exception that if you fall into certain categories, um, certain age and income guidelines or disabled persons uh, can, uh, can receive homestead exemptions that give them a reduction on their tax bill okay so um even though my kids have all gone through athens high school and graduated i'm still paying um my chunk um and will do so as, unless something happens to me as long as you own property yes that okay. is the case if you're a renter do they do that the renter generally does not directly pay, but the owner of the property does. I see. Okay. Now, <clears throat> you know, we, we hear here in our business, we understand this, and I don't think it's unique to us. Things cost more. Um, so as time has gone by and costs have increased maybe it's for electric or maybe it's for gas natural gas or uh, whatever things needed to keep the building 
safe and and pleasant to work in. Um, how are those increases dealt with? Do you periodically have to place a levy on a ballot to request for a little more money? Yeah, so there are operating levies, and then there are what are bond or permanent improvement, <clears throat> excuse me, bond or permanent improvement levies. Uh, operating levies would be for those yearly expenses you're talking about. Um, I think it's important to note that um, I've worked for the district for 10 years, and during that 10-year period, we have not asked for any additional operating levies. And in fact, I don't think that we've asked for additional operating levies for over 15 years now. So, um, But we have asked previously for a, a bond levy in 2018, and, uh, and then you know, we're coming back again to try to finish out our master plan and get the high school built um, with, uh, with this ask that's on the ballot in November. Now, we have, let's see here, five elementary schools? That with, the, uh, with the plan that was passed in 2018, uh, we now have two buildings, which are East and Morrison Gordon, that serve preschool through third grade. And then the Plains Intermediate School is now grades four through six. And so all of our students are together now starting in fourth grade. And then Athens Middle School and Athens High School. Okay. So two elementaries, uh, sort of a blend of two different junior highs, and then the high school. Yes. Okay. And is that system suit you? Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, it, of course, we've only been in that structure for one full school year now. Okay. Um, but uh, so far, we are seeing a lot of the advantages that we uh, were hoping to see. Um, you know, throughout the course of, of that process, we were able to become more efficient with our staffing, which didn't mean that we just, you know, reduce staff. It meant that we were able to add additional programming. So we have you know, more support now for our, our English language learners and for our students identified with special education. Uh, we have more nursing services. We've increased the number of uh, school counselors that we have. We've increased the number of uh, paraprofessional support that we have um, in the buildings. We've hired a district-wide uh, behavior specialist to uh, assist in situations where, where teachers need support um, mm -hmm. and guidance on how to work with students who are exhibiting atypical student behavior. We have a district-wide attendance officer now. So um, really been able to uh, restructure and reorganize to maybe have a greater and better impact on the population of students we serve and uh, some of the challenges that are confronting us today in schools. Now, is there something that you really wish you had that you don't yet in regards to services or programming i i think so yeah i mean if so if kind of the 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 end question is what's your you know what are your biggest challenges it, right now i think if you talk to any public educator probably across the country they're going to tell you that uh, behavior post-pandemic has has been a really uh, difficult issue and that the kids are behaving differently? Yes, yes. And it's a combination of two things. It's a small number of uh, young people who have very out-of-the-ordinary 
behaviors um, and what we would consider unacceptable or atypical behaviors. And then more broadly, just more children who come to school uh, not having participated in those social um, types of environments that we might have as as kids, uh, you know, youth organizations like Cub Scouts, church, out-of-school activities that provide mm-hmm. some of that some of that learning about how to how to be social, you know, with age level peers, and so we're finding that we're having to teach more behavior, um, which which I think our teachers are really stepping up and doing. Um, but if there were one thing that we could, uh, as a country right now, invest in and try to come to work together to come to a solution on, I think that the overwhelming majority of educators and maybe parents would say that small group of students who exhibit the really atypical behaviors. And, and do, what's the popular opinion to um, separate them and give them a uh, more concentrated skill teaching or are they better off remaining a part of everybody else but still getting that focus? So the research would say is the the second is remaining as part of the general population and then getting those uh, really intense support services. The challenge that creates, of course, is is that um, it can be very disruptive to other, to other students at times, right? Mm-hmm. And so how do you keep, how do you keep that balance? And uh, I think that that's something that again I'll be honest and say we're struggling with as a district, and I think that any other superintendent you talk to um, would share similar thoughts on that well let's go back to the uh, the new facility concept which is that um, Athens High School needs to be um, significantly upgraded um, and after looking at all the different options it's it's actually would cost less to build an entirely new site then try to alter the old one to accommodate its larger size and everything like that. Okay. So um, that means that uh, there's, besides the, the dollars we already spend supporting, uh, the public needs to also support it a bit more for a while, right? That's what the board is asking, yes. And um, now the board, um, let's see, members of a school board, they're elected. Yes. And typically how many are on a board? Uh, there are, uh, most, most public school districts in Ohio have five school board members. Okay. Our school board for Athens is made up of whom? I'm putting you on your memory. No, uh, no problem at all. Okay. So we have Dr. Paul Grippa, who most people know. He's a retired uh, principal from Athens Middle Long School. Long-time friend. Yep. Uh, uh, Rusty Rittenhouse, who's a local attorney and yep. grew up here, and most people know him as well. As a magician, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a uh, martial artist, I believe. Well, I didn't know that Yeah, one. yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, Charity Wilhelm, who uh, relocated here, I think, from West Virginia. Her husband uh, works for the university. She she works for the university. Okay. Um, and then uh, Sean Parsons, who's yes. uh, Dr. Parsons, who's a musician and teaches in the, uh, the College of Music at, at Ohio University. Yes. And then Dave Hayden, who's a private business owner, and his spouse is a, a dance professor at 
Well, five members. And um, they serve a period of, uh, what, four years at a time? Yes. So they rotate. Every two years we have an election where either two or three of them are... Reelected or changed. Yes, yeah. correct. That's not uncommon. Um, now, uh, to build a new building... In the plans, even though the, you don't have architects with firm figures, uh, you still have a pretty good a handle on what it might cost. Uh, what kind of, um, what's it going to mean to the average uh, taxpayer? So I, I do think it's important to, to point out that in regards to the timing of you know, why this is on the ballot now, it's on the ballot now because the state of Ohio has come to us and said, Hey, we have the money to uh, to help and and to match uh, so that you can you can build this building, and uh, so the total cost of a new high school uh, is going to be about fifty eight million dollars. Uh, the state of Ohio, uh, if this uh, issue is supported by vo- voters, the state of Ohio will provide twenty eight million dollars of that fifty eight million, uh, and then we have six million dollars on hand already uh, with the district from the prior bond issue. Mm-hmm. And so the ask is for $24 million. And that $24 million, based on what the uh, property valuations were this summer when it was placed on the ballot, uh, means that it would be a 2. 2.06 2.06 mills issue that would cost taxpayers about $72 per $100,000 of home value. Okay. Um, what's important to note, though, is that the board didn't want that all to, to hit everyone this coming year. Uh, so there's an existing bond that'll get paid off in 2024 uh, for work that was done at Athens Middle School back in 1999-2000. Mm-hmm. And that is currently collecting at 1.19 mils or about $40 per 100000 So the board's passed a resolution that if this passes in November, they will not have the county auditor collect on the new bond issue. They'll wait for that existing bond issue to be paid off, and then they'll start collecting on the new um, in, in 2025. And so the, the net difference is about $32 per $100,000. Yeah. I was thinking it's actually a reduction, you know. Yeah, not not quite, but it's, I mean, it's, I think that, um, I mean, my opinion is the board is being uh, very thoughtful about uh, yeah, yeah. reducing the impact on taxpayers. And so, uh, assuming this all occurs, uh, and the le- levy is approved, um, then what, What's going to start and how fast? Yeah, so uh, we would sell bonds pretty quickly. That would be done. So, And we'll make the information known publicly. There, our last bond issue, we had local investors who wanted to, to buy those bonds and to be able to invest in the new properties. And, and uh, so we, we will make sure we share that information. And then because the School Facilities Commission would be uh, funding uh, $28 million of this, they would actually – uh, have us go through a new selection process for an architect and uh, construction management firm. 
uh, that doesn't mean that the ones we've been working with wouldn't be chosen. It just that's part of their process is they require you to kind of go back over it again. Uh, we would hope to have an architect on hand by um, midsummer, start to do design work, and design work should uh, take eight to twelve months, and then would hope hope, hope to break ground, uh, you know, shortly after. So, I'm just curious. Um, <clears throat> here we sort of base tax. I'm sorry, school payments on property taxes. Um, I'm guessing there's some other options that other states use and things. Just um, pretend you're teaching a class about this topic. Um, what are some of the other options? I mean, they run the gamut. I mean, you have you have school districts in places like Rhode Island that literally have an annual budget meeting where anyone in the community can come, and they talk about what the school budget should be, yeah. and then they 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 set taxes annually based on that that conversation and decisions made at that meeting. Uh, to um, and I can't name the states, but I know that there are other states that have where basically the state collects all of the money. And then that money is returned back uh, to the school districts in some type of a, an equity formula. Um, I do believe West Virginia operates that way as a base. And then they've, over time, allowed individual school districts to put additional money in if they would like to. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean— Does the Ohio way, um, does it seem to you to be— I don't want to say the best, but you like that system? Well, I think the challenge has been, keep in mind, I've been a superintendent for 18 years now in, yep. in Washington County at Warren and Fort Fry School Districts and now here at Athens. And during that 18-year period of time, we've had, I don't know, at least seven different funding formulas. It keeps changing. Mm. Um, now, recently, um, and I, I do want to give some credit uh, to uh, – to Jay Edwards, who's our local representative, he really, during the, the most recent budget cycle, pushed through what's called the Fair School Funding uh, Plan, um, which may be this, the single best funding formula that I've seen during my, my 18 years as school administrator. Hmm. And um, it, it uses two values for wealth. One is property value, the other is median family income. And so it does make some adjustment for districts that have might have high property wealth, um, but but also have a lot of uh, families that are living in poverty. Well, um, there are some people who I'm sure are saying, "Why can't you renovate the 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 current building? It looks really nice to us. Why do you need a new one now?" We hit this topic softly earlier. Mm -hmm. Hit it stronger. Well, I think there are, there are several reasons. So firstly, you want to talk about the structure itself. So the structure itself was, frankly, poorly built when it was constructed. Uh, it was designed with an open concept. Most of the walls in the building did not go all the way to the ceiling. If you talk to teachers who taught there when it was first opened uh, or students who attended there when it first opened, they would talk about the, the noise in yes. the classrooms, the throwing of things from room to room. Um, and over time, the district has tried to correct those things by putting in panels that go the rest of the way to the ceiling. 
But then you get into issues where that now impacts the, the HVAC and the airflow, and, and you still have a building that has at least half of the classroom space is on an, all interior walls, very, very little natural light. Mm. Um, it's not the best learning environment. Those walls are still very thin. Um, and then you get into just the structural issues with the building. I mean, the, the, the plumbing is in very poor condition. Uh, the uh, HVAC system is, uh, is not a model that we would use today. They're kind of the rooftop mammoth units that are not very efficient, energy efficient. Um, from a safety perspective, the layout of that building is not designed in such a way as uh, to, to create what would be considered the safest environment uh, in, in today's standards. Uh, you can walk right into uh, the main entrance of the building and pass the office without having to pass through the office. Um, the technology, while we've tried to keep it up to date, is, is outdated. The camera systems that are there are not nearly as... Uh, as sophisticated as what we have at the other buildings. There's no alarm system on the building, which we now have on the other buildings. Um, it's just, it's a very long list of once you started replacing, you know, just, just starting with the, the roof and then going to the HVAC system and then the electrical and the plumbing. The, the, that's before you've ever positively impacted the instructional space. You, you will have spent tens of millions of dollars. Um, and then, of course, I think the other piece of this is keeping in mind that there's $28 million, which is, uh, you know, quite a large sum of money coming from the state of Ohio um, that uh, they will not provide unless it's a new building. Really? Yes. Well, <clears throat> okay, so I saw some slides or pictures or something somewhere where it showed that um, those those sort of curved uh, parking lots below, just a couple of steps below um, the main building, mm -hmm. would be the location of the new building. And up on top, the flat part, if you will, where the present building is, would become then parking lots. Um, any reason for that or is it just that's the lane you own and that's how it works well i mean it's a little of both uh but if if you've visited athens high school and tried to attend practically any event um it's difficult to access the building if you have any uh if you have any uh, uh, physical disability at all um it's really not accessible um it's uh it, there's a there's a far distance from parking to the building itself um so it's a combination of factors um but the uh the ability to create a multi-story building kind of built into that hillside um mm -hmm. it it opens up the door to uh to create also some outdoor spaces for learning on these it's kind of designed in these four piers and so the the distance between each pier of the building allows for some exterior courtyard space for outdoor learning spaces for outdoor dining spaces uh, things of that nature which we've seen at our other new buildings uh, that the teachers and students really enjoy as well um 
Well, I, I, I like the current building, but I might love the new building, you know. It's one of those things. But um, how can it improve education? So there are a variety of studies that would indicate that, uh, that firstly, uh, students working in an environment, any, anyone working in an environment where they, they have more natural light, where they have greater and better airflow, which means also less, frankly, less carbon monoxide in the air, uh, that, that those students or those workers tend to perform uh, at a higher level, uh, tend to be uh, more successful uh, academically. The other piece of it is just the uh, you're you're not you're not distracted by the environment if that makes sense. Um, if you work in an environment where you're constantly hot or constantly cold or where there's water dripping or where there's those types of issues, uh, that can be a, a a distraction to what should be happening in that that space. The other is just the you know as I pointed out, the current structure was built as an open classroom format. And the, the new buildings to be built. And that, that was a popular um, concept back then. Yeah. I'm and, not, and since then, it's kind of uh, changed. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, it just it, – I understand that that was, a, that was a grand idea back in the 60s. But uh, I've worked in three school districts that tried to do the same thing, and all of them eventually reverted to building uh, – Building walls or building new buildings that had that had walls. Yeah, back to the old way, so to speak. What's <laughs> um, new again, right? Yeah, how about that? Um, okay, so um, if I'm a teacher, if I'm an educator, and I'm working at uh, any school district locally. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that a current teacher is being confronted with? So um, I previously mentioned the behavior, uh, the challenges with with student behavior. But, you know, that behavior, I kind of rank that along with parents. You know, some parents are going to be very strict. Some are very loose. Um, some children have different levels of emotional control, personally, and require. Why am I telling you? You should be telling me. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the family environment does does have some play into this. Um, it, it's. You know, things are just different these days. If you if you listen to the radio, if you listen to the news, we're talking about uh, there's there's now a greater. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, listen to the radio, folks. Okay. <laughs> listen to the radio. Listen to the radio. Okay. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, there's there's much more conversation today. Open conversation about mental health related mm-hmm. concerns, right? Right. And uh, and um, it, it, one of the challenges in Southeast Ohio, of course, is access to quality mental health services. Not to say that the mental health care providers we have here aren't high quality. I think they are. It's just they're understaffed. They're under. They're underpersoned. They, it's hard for them to keep up with the need. But I've been all over the nation. They all claim that. 
You know what I mean? Well, and I think it's pretty accurate. I mean, yeah. sitting in my seat where I'm working with, you know, a couple of thousand families a day, um, we we see it. Um, and we're seeing it more so now that it's become more of a focus because what's happening is is places like Columbus and Cincinnati and, and Cleveland are paying more. And so if you're graduating from college and you can, you know, you're graduate with a degree in, in counseling or therapy and you can move an hour away and make twice as much money um, you know that's that's what's happening and so mm. even the level of support we were getting from local uh, mental health care providers five years ago it's more challenging for them to provide that same level of support today uh, because it's hard for them to hire uh, higher quality employees for those positions so how do you fix it well, I mean, part of it's capacity issue, right? So I, I do think that the emphasis on uh, on mental health and counseling is great in that maybe we can encourage more people to go into that field. Um, secondly, I think we're going to have to to see um, a greater balance created between the medical health care profession and the mental health care profession. Right now, you know, no one questions what they pay their doctor for a physical health uh, appointment, right? It's you. You feel like you're, you, you know, you go and you just what have to choice do you right? have? Right. Uh, but yeah. with mental health care, it's different. Um, it's it's not uh, supported at the same level by Medicaid and Medicare. It's not supported at the same level by health insurance companies. And because of that, then they're operating on a different kind of level of budget. Now, I do understand that with health care, you're talking about people who have an MD. And in counseling, you have folks who, who don't have that level of education. Um, not suggesting that one should rise to the level of the other, but suggesting that there's a much larger discrepancy there than what should be. Okay. I mean, um, you know, you can go and have a four-year degree and be a teacher. Um, but if you want to get more than that you also have the ability to earn a little higher pay and then if you have also these counseling um, and, and, and work, working with children with special needs and so on that that special level of training puts you at a higher level yet right well, now, generally speaking, most teaching positions are paid the, the same amount across the board. So really? whether Yes. Yeah, so whether you're working in a classroom with – in a, a special education classroom with, with very high-need students or working in a regular education classroom, uh, generally the pay is, is – the base pay is the same, and the difference in pay is marked by years of experience and education level. Um, and, and the challenging part when we refer – compare, compare – uh, public education, which which I would argue is is uh, still a little bit underpaid, um, we have folks who are going into mental health care counseling that work twelve month years uh, that uh, have a bachelor's degree that are making starting off twenty to thirty percent less than a public school teacher, and so that's part of what I'm talking about is that we're asking another group of people to come in and provide wraparound services to work with some of our most at-risk children and families, but yet we're not able to financially support them at a level to where they can have a, a, a living wage and, you know, can live in that same community where they're, where they're working. 
Well, let's summarize, folks. Um, again, our, our guest today, Tom Gibbs. Tom is superintendent of schools, has been for eight or nine years now at, uh, for the Athens School District, all levels. Um, I think Athens is a terrific system. I'm sure you're proud of it, too. Um, but um, times change. Things need to be upgraded. Things, uh, methods have been, new methods have been learned, additional things. So um, they uh, want to build uh, a new high school. And uh, it would be in the vicinity, uh, very close vicinity, to where the present one is. And uh, so there's going to be appearing on our fall ballot? Correct. Yep. A, uh, a proposal. And um, there are meetings going to be held publicly where you can attend and ask personal questions that maybe I've overlooked. Um, you were going to say something? Well, we have... Uh, we haven't scheduled specific meetings for those okay. at the regular board meetings. Of okay. course, we can. Uh, we'll, and uh, board any, meetings are held on what frequency? It is the uh, this month. It'll be the next week on October. The I don't want to give the wrong date, so I'm pulling up yeah, the calendar. Yeah. October the nineteenth, and we'll be at uh, Morrison Gordon Elementary School. Which mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you haven't seen the new building, it'd be a great opportunity to see the new building as well. I used to pick up my grandkids there but i haven't been to the new building so it's, they're they're beautiful east and morrison are just uh incredible uh learning spaces for children yeah and of course my kids went to east originally with uh dennis um denny boger, boger. Yep. Yeah. yeah all right well we have about five minutes remaining and i i just am confident i have uh, probably forgotten to ask an important question that Tom would like me to, um, or, or or other topics that should come up. Um, with f four minutes or five minutes remaining, what, what would you like to get out there? Well, I mean, I'd like to reiterate, so the tax issue on the ballot uh, wouldn't be collected, wouldn't start to be collected until uh, uh, 2025. Uh, in 2024, we would pay off, uh, the district would pay off one existing bond issue, and then uh, this, this new one would go into play in, uh, in 2025, um, and the net difference uh, or increase uh, between those two would be about $32 uh, per year per $100,000 of assessed valuation on your taxes. Um, so just wanted to make sure that we, we summarize that. Mm -hmm. um, that would build a new high school, 150,000-square-foot high school that has a fixed-seat auditorium, an auxiliary gym, uh, all, of the, uh, all of the vocational uh, education spaces we have now, an industrial arts classroom, vocational, tech, or, uh, vocational agriculture, things of that nature. And it is the last building in our project. So the pre-K through, through 8 has been addressed this is the last major uh, portion of the, the project to complete. And if the uh, if voters support that issue, then the state would give us $28 million of the cost towards, uh, towards building that high school. Um, cool. Yep. And then other than that, before we started, uh, you had asked uh, a little bit about um, athletics. So I'd be happy to 
to share a few things as to what's Go going on there. Go for it, man. We've got, we've got uh, four and a half minutes. Yeah, so I think everyone knows we're going into tournament season. So um, if if you don't – if you use uh, X, which was formerly Twitter, our AD is at ACSD Bulldogs AD, and he posts weekly a calendar of events. Uh, that, Who is it these days? Uh, that's Eric Schultes. Okay. Yep. So he's he's in our, I believe, second year with the district. Right. Uh, time flies. You can <laughs> you, you kind of forget. There was but, a period I served as acting AD for, for about okay yeah about a school year. Well, it's a difficult job, and I think he's he's really doing a it good job. It is a difficult job. job. Yeah. I grant yeah. you that. So our, our uh, boys' soccer team uh, currently 10-1-4. and four. They're the number two seed going into the tournament, and they're going to play uh, next week on the 18th, uh, and they're going to play the winner of McLean and Waverly. So to their opponent to be announced. Girls' team, 6-6-2, uh, six, six and two, the seventh seed. They're going to play at home against Hillsborough on the 19th. Um, Volleyball, the 11th seed, they're going to play at New Lexington on the 16th. Our our cross-country teams, as you know, they do kind of post-tournament a little bit differently. Uh, so uh, I'd encourage you to look on the website for those exact dates. But um, I do want to point out that our girls' team's been phenomenal. And uh, um, I'm not sure what their current ranking was, but the one I just looked up and saw most recently was they were ranked 11th in the state of Ohio. Um, and uh, cool. they have a couple of, of uh, girls on the team that are just phenomenal. Um, and the team as a whole has just been exceptional. Um, football's made a bit of a rebound this year and 4-4 uh, four and four so far and on track to be involved in the postseason tournament. So excited about that. Um, I didn't have a chance to look up tennis, but we do have tennis going on this fall. Um, and then lastly, I do want to make sure to point out that on Saturday, this Saturday morning, uh, the band is having their annual uh, competition that they host. So if you're into high school marching band, uh, enjoy that kind of music, that kind of environment, uh, come on over to, uh, to uh, Joe Burrow Stadium on Saturday morning and support the uh, Athens High School Marching Band. Joe Burrow? Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's Joe Burrow? Oh, he's uh, – you probably haven't heard of him. No. He recently graduated all – no, You uh, know I'm messing up. I think my first okay. year superintendent he How graduated. 2015, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so that's going to be at uh, our stadium, and it's this weekend, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Start getting underway, what, Saturday? Uh, it's Saturday morning. Okay. Yep. Well – Tom, as always, it's a pleasure to have you in. Feel free to reach out to us and, and um, say, hey, I, I got something I think the public needs to know about. And also another neat thing would be kind of to feature a few teachers. Um, I, you know, every school district has people they're proud of. And um, I've enjoyed so much my work with the school district Athens School District because I met people and then I realized, wow, they are remarkable. We have an exceptional teaching faculty, uh, every, uh, support faculty as well. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, just uh, it's this has been an incredible place to work, and my own daughter went to school here and graduated from Athens, and it's just been a great place to work and live, and we're hoping to uh, keep it that way for the next couple of generations moving forward. For the life of me, folks, we have guests tomorrow, but I can't remember who they are. Um, forgive me for that.